And let's get this party started in the Word. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. And it says these words. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind or your thought life on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Now, go back a little bit to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Matthew 6, verse 10. Hallelujah. In my Bible, it's a red letter edition. The words are in red, so that means Jesus is doing the talking. And he said some powerful words, and it says this. Your kingdom come. This is the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, I want to focus on that phrase right there. On earth as it is in heaven. Say it with me. Say, on earth earth. as it is in heaven. Those words that Jesus spoke are absolutely powerful because it reveals to us that our Heavenly Father desires, ready for this, to fill the atmosphere of earth with the atmosphere of heaven. Isn't that powerful? Amen? Amen. In other words, the characteristics that are taking place in heaven right now, God wants us to do those things on earth right now. And that's what it means to advance the kingdom of God. You know, the word says that the kingdom of God is within you. You know, we have a piece of heaven on the inside of us. You know who gives us that piece of heaven? The Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Man, say thank God for the Holy Ghost. When we do things that are taking place in heaven. Now, right about now, some of you are saying, what in the world are you talking about? Right? I'll get there. What? When we do those things that are taking place in heaven on earth, the kingdom of God is advanced in the lives of individuals and in geographical locations. In locations, on the inside of us and in specific locations. The title of my message today is this, Manifesting Heaven on Earth. Manifesting heaven on earth. The word of God says that if you're born again, if you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you are born again and you and I, we are a citizen of heaven. Do you know that? You have citizenship in heaven. That is our home country. Isn't that good to know? Now, what is a citizen? A citizen is defined as a native or naturalized person who owes allegiance to a government. And is entitled, I like this, is is entitled to protection from it. I like that. If we are a citizen of heaven, we need to start acting like it and promote the interests of our home country right here on this earth. Amen? Amen. See, we got to get out of this dead religious mindset. Like I, I always say, we don't come to church service just to punch a time clock. No, we come to have an experience in his presence. We come to hear a word from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. 
that's going to kind of tweak where we're at. I don't know. Did anybody have a rough week this week? Right? I mean, we live in a pretty, pretty cruddy world, don't we? So when we come and gather together, this is like halftime at a football game, halftime at a basketball game. We say, all right, come on in, troops. Come on. This is halftime. All right, let's get in his presence. Let's cleanse ourselves in his presence. Amen. And let's hear from our master, the Holy Ghost, on what we need to do this coming week. Amen. Let's get it. Let's shift our focus, our thought life from a natural mindset to a spiritual mindset. Seek those things which are above. Amen. Amen. So if you're fortunate enough today to have a physical body in here, you, anybody have a physical body? Yeah. Okay, good. You are a citizen of the country in which you live. That means this. If you're a Christian and you live on this earth, we have dual citizenship. We have rights in heaven, and we have rights in the country in which we live. Think about that. The Word calls us ambassadors or representatives for Christ. We represent Him. We are representing heaven on earth for Him. Amen? We are called to release and advance the kingdom of God on this earth. And your citizen, your citizenship in heaven, by the way, trumps your earthly citizenship. Oh, let's go there a little bit, shall we? Your heavenly citizenship should dictate how you act in your earthly citizenship. Amen? Well, he's really messed up today. I love it. Glory to God. I love it. Amen? Good stuff. We owe our allegiance to the kingdom of God before any earthly government. We are to establish God's rule and reign on this earth. Now, that means this. If there is a rogue government trying to take away your God-given rights and freedoms or requiring you to violate the Word of God, I'm telling you right now, you are under no obligation to obey that government. You obey the higher law of God's Word. So why then do we have citizens, uh, born-again Christians who are citizens of heaven, voting for those who are for abortion? Why do we have people who are voting for people who are okay with homosexual marriage and all that? Hello, I said your heavenly citizenship should dictate your earthly citizenship. Amen? Come on, somebody. Like I said, we have a higher law, and it's the Word of God. Now, as I was praying this week, the Holy Spirit gave me some powerful points to share with you. All right? So let's get uh, this started and release this word. The first characteristic of heaven that we should that should be taking place on this earth is this. Heaven is filled with praise and worship to God. Have you guys ever just laid in bed, laid on the couch and you just meditated on heaven? What's heaven going to be like? Amen. Have you ever done that before? Oh, I have many times. And it is filled with praise and worship to God. And praise and worship to God needs to be happening on earth to release or manifest heaven on earth. Go with me to Revelation chapter 4. Well, I'm just not that kind of person. I'm a little more, you know, conservative, laid back. Well, when you get to heaven, it's not going to be like that. So you might as well practice here on earth. Amen. Amen. 
think about that. People who are like embarrassed or low-key here to praise God on earth, the moment their spirit man leaves their body and they go into heaven, guess what the first thing they're doing? Praising the Lord Jesus Christ. That tells me this. This isn't you. You're letting the flesh overtake your spirit man right here on earth. Are you hearing me? If it takes your spirit man leaving your flesh for you to praise God, well, you knew the flesh was the problem then. Amen. Are you following me? Revelation chapter 4, verses 6 through 11. It says, Before the throne, this is in heaven, Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes in the front and in the back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. And the third living creature was like the face of a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. What is the spirit realm is absolutely wild. Are you hearing me? The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night. Listen to what they're saying. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creature, creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and, and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before him. Listen to this. Well, here's what they're saying. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by, by your will they exist and were created. I love that. Yeah, even there's times when I'm in praise and worship and I just copy that. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And when I start doing that with a pure heart, his presence fills the room. Why? Because I'm joining in with what's taking place in our home country of heaven. That's why when you feel, when people in here are in agreement and we're in one accord praising and worshiping God, oh man, I'm telling you, heaven is breaking loose in this place. Now, this is interesting. The word worship, the word that's translated worship, or worship means, number one, to prostrate oneself, to bow down, to show reverence, or to adore. Now, here's the interesting thing. The Greek word that's translated worship is pros kuneo. Listen to this. That's made up of two words. The word pros means toward. Kuneo means to kiss. So when you worship him, it's like moving toward him to kiss. It, what what's that, that's literally saying is worship is this, intimacy with him. Are you following me? This is what's taking place in heaven right now. It reminds me of that verse that says, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. Amen? Now to do that, you have to set your mind, your thought life, your focus on things above. We're too congested with the things of the world. Wouldn't you agree? We're too congested with all the things in the natural realm. Well, guess what? You're never going to tap into his presence if that's all you're focusing on. Amen? God is waiting for us to make the first move. 
It's a holy invitation for his presence to shift the atmosphere around us. Have you ever been in an atmosphere where it just feels, it's dull, it feels hard? You ever felt that? Yeah. And then you start praying or you just start thanking God and all of a sudden there is a shift happening. But here's the deal. Many are waiting for God, but God says, no, you draw nigh to me first. You know what that's doing? It's showing, that's showing that we, God has given us authority on earth. And before he moves, we need to move. Amen? So God is waiting for us to draw nigh to him. He's waiting us for us to make that first move of worship toward him. Worship is an outward action with an inward intimacy from the heart. All right? It's not just show. It's not a show. It means that something is happening. You're feeling that closeness, that intimacy with him. It's not just dead religion. There's too much dead religion on this earth. Amen? But listen, heaven is filled with pure, wholehearted praise and worship because the atmosphere of heaven is filled with the glory and presence of God. When the manifest presence or glory of God fills a place, it hooks your attention. It captivates your attention. Amen? There's something powerful about the glory. In fact, when the glory of God, the Shekinah, the manifest presence of God, I'm talking about when his presence, you can literally feel him. Have you ever felt God's presence before? You feel him. There's something different. It feels good. It feels like there's a freedom on you. It just, there's a joy on you. Amen? It's powerful. So in heaven, there's no distractions. Here on earth, we need to look out. We need to avoid these distractions because what the enemy's trying to do, the enemy's trying to distract you from getting into that secret place of the Most High. He knows if you get into the presence of God, him and demonic spirits don't have a chance. Amen? Now, so we need to do our best to create a distraction-free environment. Go to Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12 here. Revelation 7, 9 through 12. It said, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, all of the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, Jesus. This is up in heaven. Clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, Jesus. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders uh, and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Angels. See, here's, oh, this is powerful. I want you to notice that one important aspect of praising and worshiping God, number one, is speaking words that describe His greatness. Speaking words that describe me. Holy God, you are holy. God, you are great. You are amazing. All things are possible with you. Well, that's, if you're wondering, how do I start out worshiping? How do I start out praising Him? Start off by thanking Him and start off by 
speaking all of his amazing attributes. Thank him for everything he's done in your life. And you'll notice at first, if you're not used to it, it's going to feel a little awkward to you, right? But as you keep going, all of a sudden you just break through where it just becomes easy. And in fact, now you're starting to feel his presence because God is attractive. When you start lifting him up, did you know it's, this is no surprise that the word raise is in the word praise. Come on, somebody. The word raise is in the word praise. When you, when you lift him up, his presence comes down. Amen? We are literally, when we start, start praising him and worshiping him and speaking all of his great attributes, we are charging up the atmosphere of the glory and the presence of God in this place. And we are, here we go, we are literally creating a miracle zone in this specific location. And you know what? It doesn't have to be at a church service. It can be in your bedroom. It can be in your car. But you are literally, you are creating a miracle zone that God can move in. Amen? Because when we are focusing on His greatness, when we're focusing on His supernatural attributes, it becomes an atmosphere. All things are possible. Our faith, why is that? It's because our faith begins to grow. Because you want to know what the problem is? Too many Christians are speaking to the mountain and not... Or they're speaking about the mountain and not to the mountain. They're talking about how hard life is. They're talking about all their... Instead of... Talking about how great God is and how he's going to pull you through. So all you're doing when you're talking about your mountain, you're giving ammunition to Satan and evil spirits to keep that mountain there in your life. So when you start telling God how great he is, how powerful he is, all the earthly problems that seem so big start to seem so small now. Amen? In comparison to the greatness of our God. Demons and the rest of the kingdom of darkness, they begin to flee. They can't stand the presence of God. They can't stand the presence of God. Maybe the people who can't stand the presence of God are full of demons. Oh, come on, somebody. Did I just say that? If you can't stand the presence of God, you probably need to see us for a deliverance session. Cast some demons out of you. Amen. But demons and the rest of the kingdom of darkness, they begin to flee. Ministering spirits and angels begin to fill that place. Why? Because angels want to be involved in worship to God. Oh, this is going to get deeper. Say, go deeper, Pastor. Okay, okay great, great. So when we start to praise and worship God, we invite the angels because they want to participate in the activities of heaven on earth. Maybe you never thought of that before. Angels, here we go. Angels and ministering spirits carry the presence of God, the presence of heaven on them. Remember Moses, we just read a couple weeks ago, where Moses went into the, the tabernacle and the glory was so strong. He, when he walked out, when he, after he experienced the glory of God, the presence of God, it said he glowed, right? Well, angels, they come to and fro between heaven and earth. And when they come in, in, into a place... They bring the presence of God in a location. All right? Some of you are like, I never heard this at my church. Yeah, you probably won't either. <laughs> so, okay. This is a good thing you're hearing it here. But so their angels and ministering spirits are constantly going between heaven and earth. There is, I like to call it, there is a residue of the atmosphere of heaven on them. 
When you sense the presence of God in a place, it means there's an increase in angelic movement in that place. Come on, somebody. When we start worshiping God, the atmosphere of heaven is released. Now, here we go. This is going to be interesting here. If you never thought of this account. How many of you know the account of Jacob's ladder? Genesis chapter 28. Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder reveals the truth that angels travel between heaven and earth. If you look at that account in the Word where Jacob dreamed, God gave him a dream. In Genesis 28, verse 12, you'll see it. It said that a ladder was set up on the earth and it reached to the top of heaven. All right? And there it says angels were ascending and descending. Now, here we go. Let's go a little deeper. What's so interesting about that verse is this. The ladder did not come down from heaven. It started on earth and went up to heaven. Oh, my, my, my. It's interesting when you actually read the Word, how the Holy Ghost reveals some things to you, isn't it? The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said, they go, the angels and ministering spirits, they go up in response to the prayers of my people, and they come back down with answers. God uses angels, His holy ministering spirits, to answer your prayers. Now, here's the deal. You don't glorify the angels. Even if God is using angels to bring it to you, all praise goes to God because He is the creator of them. Come on, somebody. Oh, my. Oh my I, feel, I feel the atmosphere shifting even as I'm talking about the angelic right now. Some of y'all are going to get some breakthroughs. I, my goodness. So the, the ladder originated in, on earth and went up to heaven. Literally, there was what we call a portal created between heaven and earth. Say portal. Now here's the thing with praise and worship. When you're praising and worshiping God, when you're praying to God, when you're doing what's going on in heaven, you create what's called an open heaven over your life. You create an open heaven in a geographical location, your home, wherever it is. If you feel like your home is infested with something that ought not to be there, my recommendation is you better turn the praise and worship music on and you start praising until you feel a breakthrough of the presence of God in that place. Now, here's what's going on. So our, all of our prayer times and, and what we do in our services, like I said, we are a presence-driven church. We want the presence of God in here to minister. And so when we pray, when we allow the Holy Spirit to move in here, we are, make, we are opening up the heavens. We are creating a portal between heaven and earth. Now, when you do that, th- the atmosphere, everything becomes easy when the glory's in a place. Are you following me? Oh, my goodness. This, this is powerful. So the, the ladder originated on earth, and it said the first movement of the angels was going up. And then they came back down. Are you with me? So there have, here's what's interesting about this. There have been many testimonies of people that have died and come back, or where God gave someone a, pro, a prophetic vision of heaven, all right? that they said that they literally saw storehouses in heaven that contain everything humans would need on earth, that the angels go up and they bring it down to the people. I mean, th- th- this is multitudes of different people. Say storehouses. storehouses. All right? So 
I mean, this is... I'm telling you, we're, we're going deeper. This is kind of some deeper water stuff here, right? We always talk about, I want to start having some meetings called deeper waters where, where maybe some things I really can't necessarily share here because people would really be bugged out, but we're kind of going into some deeper waters right now. We're going to some deeper, right? I mean, here's the deal. How are you ever going to learn if you don't hear it first? Some people are going to get offended by something, but listen, the first time hearing something, someone's always going to get offended, right? How are they ever going to hear That's how seeker-sensitive churches are created. They never go there because they don't want to offend someone. Well, then they're never going to hear the truth. And they're never going to break through into the power of God in their life. Amen? So that's why we're bold. That's why we talk about things. If people are offended, they're offended. It's between you and God. Amen? Amen? But listen to this. The Word of God talks about the wells of salvation. Wells, plural. More than one. Say wells. So that implies there are many blessings of salvation stored up for us through faith in Jesus Christ. So, here's what I want to share with you about this. Storehouses and wells are both in the spirit realm. They're a spiritual reality. Say spiritual. And the blessings from the spiritual need to be transferred into the natural. And what do you think that pipeline is that brings a a blessing in the spiritual into the natural? Because the Word says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's a spiritual blessing, but it needs to be transferred into the natural. What do you think that pipeline is that carries it from the spiritual to the natural? Or faith. Our faith brings it in. Say faith. Our faith in the Word of God brings it in. Um, Deuteronomy 28, uh, 28, 9 through 12 talks about God opening the heavens of His good treasure. Malachi 3.10. Go to Malachi 3.10 real quick here. Malachi 3.10. Let me show you something here. Now, when you talk about portals... And all that. There are, uh, New Agers have portals, but they're not the portals of God. They're opening spiritual portals for the demonic. There is a difference. Amen? Amen. Come on. All right, but let me show you something here. Malachi uh, 3.10. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Say storehouse. That that there may be food in my house. And try me now at this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you underline it, the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. This verse is talking obviously about giving tithes and giving to the work of the Lord on this earth. He promises this. He says, if you will support my work on this earth, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven, portals between heaven and earth that pour his blessing out. See, there is a spiritual law of giving. Now, giving, giving can go both ways. It's, it's neutral, right? Giving. Now, there are some unsaved people who get the law of giving more than Christians do. That's why there are some people on this earth that are millionaires because they're, they're generous and they give to the poor, blah, blah, blah. Well, they're activating that law. Hello, somebody. Why Christians don't want to give to any the work of God, right? It's okay to give to the world and the devil and entertainment, but the minute a church starts talking about money, I'm out of there. It's kind of funny, isn't it? I think the devil's uh, fingerprints are all over that one. Amen. 
But God is not just talking about rain for crops because too much rain would flood and destroy the crops, right? He's talking about blessings from heaven. Amen? So, um, so go to James 1.17. I want to show you something here. James 1.17. <laughs> it's funny. Christians complain about 10, giving 10% to God, you know? It's like, wow, okay, sure. 20, 30, 40, 50% to the world? Sure, not a problem. But 10% to God? Look out. I'm out of there. I'm never coming back to that church. Amen? Oh, my gosh. All right. But honestly, here's the truth about giving to the kingdom of God. If you're a born-again disciple of Jesus Christ, 10% is just the minimum. We give, a committed follower of Christ is going to give way more to the kingdom of God. And I'm not just talking living waters. I'm talking about to the work of God in general. Amen? So 10%, yeah, if you're balking at that, have fun with life. Okay, James 1.17. Listen to this. It says, every good and every perfect gift is from where? Interesting. And what? Comes down from the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes down. Jacob's ladder much? Angels going up. They come back down with something to, to bless God's people with. Comes down from the Father. See, God's still taking credit for it. God's still taking credit for it because He is the creator of all things. Amen? All right. So, it's interesting as well that angels are full of light. Psalm 104.4 says, Who makes his angel spirits, his ministers, a flame of fire. I mean, do you just see how all this is lining up here? I mean, it's amazing. So, um, the next characteristic, here we go. The next characteristic of, of heaven that we need to manifest on earth is that we need to maintain an eternal perspective, which leads to pure faith, in pure joy. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We need to maintain an eternal perspective. Too many Christians are looking nearsighted right here. Everything in front of them, right? Everything right here. Whatever's happened to me right now. Well, that's not what Jesus did. Amen? Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Let's take a look at that. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded... By so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This passage says that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I find that interesting. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is what's called the faith chapter, right? It talks about the champions of faith that went through trials, that went through things, and they maintained their faith through it all, and they got, they received their eternal reward because of their faith. Say faith. In, in the cloud of witnesses, we were studying that last night, the cloud of witnesses the Greek word that's translated cloud is basically saying, it's the same thing as saying those who are in the upper deck of a stadium and watching what's going on. Isn't that kind of cool? 
All right, that's what that is talking about when it says cloud. They're like in the upper deck, all right? And they're cheering you on. They're cheering me on to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. But in the midst of the trial, they didn't focus on the problem. They focused on the promises in the Word of God. They maintained that eternal perspective. They understood this, that trials on this earth is temporary. Time on this earth is temporary. This is just practice for what is to come. Amen? The passage in Hebrews likens our faith walk, our life, to a race. Say race. And God is telling us to lay aside every weight, lay aside every sin which is ensnaring us. Have you ever tried to run with something heavy? And look, it's, it's exhausting, isn't it? It's awkward. And that is why Christians are so spiritually dry. Because they're trying to run this faith race, holding on to all this stuff in their life. Oh, what you did in the past. Oh, what I did, yes. Get over it and start moving right now. Amen? Do you not believe that the blood of Jesus Christ can't wash that thing away? If, it, if he washed it away, why are you still holding on to it? That's exactly what the devil wants to do. Amen? All right, so the Holy Spirit is encouraging us to lay aside every earthly, every worldly thing that's hindering us. Focus on eternity. Focus on the finish line. Amen? Jesus endured the cross for one reason. He kept his focus, uh, his eternal focus on the prize to save mankind from an eternity in the lake of fire. Jesus, can you imagine the pain Jesus went through on the cross? Can you imagine that? But he did it anyways for us. He said, I, he, you know, this hurts right now. This is painful. This is, but I'm keeping my eye on the prize. I'm keeping my eyes on eternity. And it's all about eternity. Let me tell you this. 60, 70, 80, 90, even 100 years or more on this earth in this life is just a grain of sand in eternity. In fact, not even a grain of sand. When you maintain an eternal perspective, it will produce joy on the inside of you. And that gives you strength. Here, let's, let's dig in on this one. The Word of God says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. No joy in your life, no spiritual strength. There is strength in the joy of the Lord. Now, let me, let me show you something. The Holy Spirit illuminated something to me that I've never seen before. So, here we go. I want you to notice that the joy of the Lord gives us strength, not power. Do you ever notice that? The joy of the Lord, it says, is our strength, not power. You're like, okay, what's the difference? Here it is. Power is defined as a force, but strength is defined as an ability to withstand great force or pressure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me go back. Let me, let me rewind that. Whoop. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The joy of the Lord is your strength, not power. Power is, is force, right? Like the power, like miracles, dunamis, right? Where we get the word dynamite from. It's force. No, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength, which is defined as the ability to withstand great force or great pressure. Strength allows you, here's what it does. Strength allows you to withstand more pressures to carry on in the midst of a trial. Have you ever been in the midst of the tri- in a trial and all of a sudden just a joy hit you? 
You ever had that? We're just a supernatural. I mean, all the things in the natural, all the things in the natural point to that you should be full of depression, that you should be full of anxiety, that you should put you just go lock yourself in your room and cry yourself to sleep. But all of a sudden, a joy started stirring up on the inside of you. And what did it give you? Strength to endure and continue to press forward. That's what it does. It gives you the ability. Isn't that good? I've never seen that before. I was just sitting and reading that on the couch, and the Holy Spirit said, you notice I didn't say it gives you power. That's how the Holy Spirit kind of speaks to me, you know. And then I'm like, oh, then you kind of start digging in it a little bit more. But that is what the joy of the Lord does for you. It's an ability to keep going when the enemy is resisting you. It gives you the laugh of faith. I like the laugh of faith. Amen? Laugh right in the devil's face when he's trying to get you to quit. No, 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 no. You got the joy of the Lord, which is your strength to endure. Keep moving, amen, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So it's impossible to maintain the joy of the Lord in your life when your focus is on the natural realm. Because, are you ready for this? The joy of the Lord is a spiritual blessing. You, that's why you will never find joy of the Lord in this world, in the natural realm. It doesn't matter what you have. I could go out and buy myself a Gulf Stream, Learjet, or whatever. Guess what? It might make me happy, but it's not lasting joy. Are you following me, somebody? Because the joy of the Lord can only be found in Jesus Christ. It's a spiritual blessing. So go ahead, whoever, just keep spinning your wheels, trying to get every worldly thing, looking for every distraction to make your life, you know, happy and better. It will never happen. You heard it right here at Living Waters Chapel. Amen? You can never say in eternity on Judgment Day, Pastor James never told me that. Oh, yes, I did. Amen? We got record of it now. Amen? But... The joy of the Lord and peace are rooted and found in your personal relationship with the Lord. Every person in heaven right now, think about it, is filled with a supernatural peace, is filled with a supernatural joy for one reason. Their personal relationship and intimacy with God is their priority in heaven. Friends, listen, we need to make our relationship with Him our priority on this earth because you are a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. Amen? Lord knows uh, we got a lot of corruption down here on their earthly government. Amen? Uh, don't, don't vote for the Democrats. Hello, I got to say it. Amen? It's election season. Get the Democrats out of office. I'm telling you right now. Get them out. Evil. Evil platform. All right? Horrible. Horrible. Satan's running that one for sure. Not that there's not problems in Republican, but my, God, my goodness, uh, Republicans look like angels compared to the Democratic Party. Are you hearing me, somebody? Yeah. All right. Well, listen, here's the thing. Part of the discipleship process of a pastor, how can we just leave that off to the side? How, how could you leave that off to the side knowing that I got people here, you know, who, who confess Christ, but they're voting for people who are murdering the unborn? How, how can you, well, I mean, it's part of the discipleship process. A Christian don't vote for those people. Amen? And everybody said? Amen. All right, moving on. So get a revelation of this. 
When we value our relationship and intimacy with our Heavenly Father on earth, the atmosphere around us begins to shift and the glory, the presence of God starts to fill that place. When you value in connection to the kingdom of God, what what you value in connection to the kingdom of God, you attract into your life. Amen? You do. That's why the thought life is so important. Whatever you're thinking about, what your thought process produces words, and that produces a harvest. Your words are a seed. They just talked about this yesterday at the ladies' meeting. Amen? It's powerful. Your thought life is powerful, and it creates words. You plant seeds, and people are wondering, why is my life a mess? Because you've been planting some really horrible seeds. Amen? Start planting the right seeds from the Word of God. Amen? The problem, like I said, with many Christians is that they put more value on earthly, fleshly, and worldly things, and it attracts the kingdom of darkness into their life. It just does. It's the law of faith. You know, faith, faith can work both ways. Faith works. But faith is just a spiritual law. It's neutral. Faith is believing. You're, 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 you have a belief system. You know, you believe something all the time. You're believing something right now. All right? Oh, well, I don't believe in healing. Well, then that's what you believe. And that's what you're going to get. Nothing. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If you will keep Jesus as your focus in this life and everything you do, there is nothing that the kingdom of darkness can do to take you off of the will of God. Did you notice? It says Jesus is the author, the beginning, and the finisher. So if you, stay, when you, if you stay with Jesus, you're on that line of the will of God your whole life. The moment you take Jesus out of the equation in your life, he doesn't become the finisher of your faith anymore. You do. Are you following me? That makes sense? Is it clear as mud to everybody? Okay, great. Um, the last characteristic here as I finish. The last characteristic of heaven the Holy Spirit gave me to share with you is that we need to manifest on earth. What we need to manifest on earth is this there. And we kind of touch on it, but there are no limits in the thought life in connection to the supernatural power of God in heaven. There is no limits in the thought life of those who are in heaven right now with the power of God. They have a pure and loyal heart. Go with me. The last passage is second Chronicles 16, second Chronicles 16. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. Let's take a look at this. People in heaven, they have that pure and holy heart. Amen. We need to strive for the same on this earth. Now, here we go. I love this passage. It's powerful. It says this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Man, that's powerful. In this you have done foolishly, therefore from now, uh, now on you shall have wars. So obviously this individual was not, did not have a loyal heart and there was consequences. Say consequences. I want you to notice that this verse does not say that the eyes of the Lord, listen, the eyes of the Lord is not going to and fro in heaven looking for someone with a loyal heart. It says his eyes go to and fro on this earth. Notice it doesn't say Mars. Notice it doesn't say Venus. 
By the way, let me just add this in. Aliens are demon spirits, by the way. You do know that, I hope? All right. There, there is no other life out there. I don't know why I'm saying this. Someone needs to hear it. But people are seeing these UFOs and stuff, but they're demonic manifestations. They're demons. So they're seeing things. They're having these spiritual experiences, but they're demonic. Amen? I don't know. Someone needed to hear that today. But those in heaven now are perfective, uh, perfected and have unhindered faith. And, you know, they're in a perfect place. It says that they, the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro on the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who are loyal to him. I love that. Isn't that powerful? God is looking for a person. He's looking for a people that are loyal to him. Can you imagine that? He's looking for a remnant of Christians that are willing to be used by him with a pure heart to bring in the harvest and to shift the atmosphere on this evil earth. When we have a heart for and believe God with radical childlike faith for the impossible, we are, listen, in unity with our family in heaven. How many of you have someone in heaven right now? We all do, don't we? We are, when you have radical childlike faith, you have a loyal heart toward God. You're in unity with that family member who's in the presence of the Lord right now. Isn't that comforting? I love that. Healing, miracles, signs, and wonders are released. The impossible becomes possible. So church, is your heart loyal to him today? Are you loyal enough right here, right now in Carroll, Michigan, or are you watching around the world, listening around the world right now? Are you loyal enough to get the attention of Almighty God from heaven, to have his eyes stop and focus on you right now? Think about that. Living Waters Chapel, I'm telling you right now, I can sense the Holy Ghost in this place that the eyes of the Lord has stopped and focused on this whole thumb region. Anybody else sense that in this place? There is something happening. There is a supernatural work going on. Get ready. Mark my words. It's going to get the attention of the godless media. What God's going to do. Amen? Jesus made it very clear what his heavenly father desires. And that is this on earth as it is in heaven, align and agree with heaven today so we can release heaven on earth. Amen. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Manifesting heaven on earth. Now I'm going to give one more chance. Someone said, oh good, he already did the altar call earlier. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, 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 oh. you really don't know Pastor James very well. I uh... Listen, maybe there's someone in this place. You are not born again. You have never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. I want you to come to this altar and after service, we'll take our time and pray. We don't want to embarrass anyone, okay? But hang around, come up after service and we want to pray with you to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Maybe there's someone in here. Again, you said, well, I, you know, I got saved when I was two years old. Baloney. Are you kidding me? Two years old? I was filling my diaper at two years old and I didn't even know it. Now listen to me. If you want to rededicate, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today, you need to come forward. Let's just make it right. Let's just start with a clean slate. Amen? Amen. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. 
you have never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You love the Lord with all your heart. You know the Word of God. But there's something missing. I'm telling you right now. It's that experience that the Bible calls the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you shall receive power. Power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be a witness for him. And that's a witness in ministry. That's a witness in your personal life. So that's the thing I'm telling you right now. That is the one thing you're missing. Now, maybe you're in this place. You you need more prayer for healing. You want to come up. You feel like the Holy Ghost might have a word for you and you just want prayer. Meet us over there. Amen. Visitors. There's a visitor's card uh, right in front of you. And uh, if you could fill that out, just leave it on the on the pew or just put it in the suggestion box in back. Um, that would be awesome if you could do that. Don't worry, we're not going to bother you. Okay, I don't believe in that. You want to know why? Here's why. Because I don't want to force anyone to come to this church. Are you following me? Amen. I don't want to force anyone to be here. I want people who want the presence of God, who want to who commit to God, who want to flow in the power and presence of God. Those are the people we want to be in the LWC family. Amen? So don't ever feel your force. We're not going to bother you. But if anybody needs prayer during the week, get one of my cards. My cell number's on it. Call me. You want to meet? Call me. Um, we'll set something up. So visitors, thanks for much, so much for coming. Hope you enjoyed it today. And you guys have a blessed week. Amen? Amen. And don't forget, prayer on Tuesday night over the phone. Prayer here on Wednesday night. And prime timers, 55 years and older, we're meeting. Where are we meeting? Did that change? Huh? We're meeting at the Rails End on Thursday at noon. So we'll have a good old time. Have a good one, everyone. Love you all. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.